Hey guys, I'm taking a second to let you know that this show has some language in it. So if you have kids around, make sure that they have earmuffs. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is good. This week, we chat with Kate Arismendi about film school, freelance, and the very mysterious idea of getting wrapped. So last week we threw down the gauntlet and we asked you guys to um, do something good and help promote our show, the show that you know and love, and go on and review and rate the show. So far it's been pretty good and so good that we have decided uh, to extend it one week. And we're, and, and we're planning to up the ante a little bit. Planning to up the ante. We can't tell you how. <laughs> Because we don't know. Because <laughs> we don't know. But it's going to be upped. That's for sure. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And it will be pretty good stuff in your so box. So tell your friends, tell your family, coworkers, neighbors. There's one more week. Seven more days. One more week. We know we, know we said last week it would be this week. Joke's on you. We lied. And it's, but we're serious this time. It's this week. This is it. This is the last week. This is the last extension. This is it. So, so. get your reviews in and uh, enjoy the show. Okay. Who are you? Who are who yes. are we talking to right now? Um, my name is Caitlin Arismendi, and I'm. A, can Can you say your last name again? Because I don't know if I know how to say it. Arismendi. Arismendi. People think I'm much more exotic than I am when they meet me in person. They're a little disappointed, honestly. Where Where are you from? Um, I'm from Northern California. Okay. But yeah, it's actually... Yeah, so that's, that's not ethnic or anything. It's actually not my maiden name. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, actually. Hmm. So Interesting. It's from my ex, but I kept my last name. Gotcha. Well, that's an in- that's an interesting tidbit. It is okay. So we're talking huh. we're talking to Kate and um, Kate. First of all, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Um. So, Christian, what were you just asking? I kind of interrupted you. Sorry. Go ahead. So, Kate, just kind of tell us where you started. I guess like the initial interest of like um, getting into film, and then did you want to start doing? When you got into film, were you anticipating doing another role, or did you always know that you wanted to do what you're doing right now? I didn't really know what a cinematographer was until um, I got my undergrad in uh, film theory pretty much at UC Santa Cruz, so I didn't really do much production there. And the production that I did do was like experimental film, and my teachers were just... Well, my one teacher was like, fuck the norm, you got to experiment, fuck Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then I left there not knowing what I was doing. And then I went to Academy of Art in San Francisco for my master's. And that's when I started taking actual film production classes. And when I was started taking like cinematography one and shooting on film and stuff, that's really what I, when I realized what a cinematographer did and like how much I loved it. But I was always into filmmaking. Like, as a kid, I was always making films with my neighborhood friends and my brothers. 
And like any chance I could get out of doing an essay, I would like make a film in school. Yeah. Um, so I was always super into that. And, uh, my aunt was like, uh, worked at MTV in like the eighties. And I thought that was super cool. The heyday. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Um, so when you're like deciding on a job to work on, um, what makes like a director like attractive for you? You're like, I want to work with that person. Um, I think when they show like a strong sense of like their voice carried out through the work, um, like we're even down to editing and sound design kind of thing. Um, I think that that's super important and that's like kind of what I saw or what you see in like Martin DeThura or Daniel Wolf. Like even when you see these people that work with other cinematographers, they're still, they still have such a style, you know, I think that that shows that they have a strong voice as a director. So it's not like their work goes all over the place based on the different cinematographer they're working with. And why is that attractive to you? Because I think, I mean, although it is nice to be able to like have, it's not that like these cinematographers don't have like a strong voice as well, but it's, I don't know. There's a, there's a balance. Like some, I have worked with some directors that don't quite give you enough creative freedom. Like they have like everything storyboarded out and you know, they kind of set the frame, which can be frustrating but then there's yeah. like the polar opposite of someone that's just like, oh, yeah, that looks good. Or, yeah, yeah, like everything looks good to them. Or it's like you kind of want someone to challenge you a little bit or to suggest something. So I think finding that in between, someone that really knows their style and knows what they like but also trusts you to to do what you think is the best shot or best lighting or something like that. So I have found those collaborations that are like perfect, like probably with like Dan Def- Felice and like Solomon Lighthelm are probably the best. For someone who's kind of like um, trying to figure out if like film is like the right thing mm-hmm. for them, and maybe they're in film school or they're just kind of like learning on their own, was there a moment for you where your work kind of turned into like, I don't know, kind of the journey from trying to make good stuff and then you realize like, oh, like, I actually like what I just made. Was there, like, a moment for you where you, like, realized that your work was valuable and that, like, I'm actually maybe good at this? Yeah, I think, um, I I feel like the first project I really saw that was, like, this Levi's commercial that I did in Paris, Tokyo, and um, San Francisco. Because I kind of thought it through. I had, like, an idea of different color tones and lighting that I wanted in each city, but I had like never shot with the Alexa before, barely shot with anything more than like a DSLR. So we were like shooting Alexa and um, Master Primes. And like, you know, I do think that had something to do with how much better it looked <laughs> than my other work too. But like, I think even to this day, I think it's some of some of the best stuff I've done. And that was like the first year I really started DPing. So I don't know, something about maybe working with that director um, who's also really great or just I was kind of experimenting like we didn't it was even though it was like a commercial we didn't have client there so we were like kind of able yeah. to have fun with it and do whatever we wanted so yeah I have a question for but this is kind of pertaining to you Jared and Kate because you guys both went to film school and I did not but I would like this to be like a if not a like very conversational. I don't really want it to be like just Kate, you know, because sure. I, I think you guys have valid experience yourself. But 
Um, what is the draw um, that you had going into film school? And like, why f- did we go to film school? Yeah, but like more so, like, um, like why go to film school these days when everything is like super accessible? Mm-hmm. You know, I think in the in the past it was like it was more like. Um, not totally a tech school, but like there was a very specific course things that you needed to learn to become or to even like go in the industry at all. Yeah. Kate, how old are you? 27. 27. Okay. Um, I might hop in first. Honestly, I was just so, such a horrible high school student. And I knew that I had like an interest in uh, film. And so, so I was like, I didn't know what else to do, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like, I don't know if I had, um, honestly, like another option. That was like the only thing that I felt like maybe I was good at. And so it was just kind of like the logical next step. And I, I went and I definitely like looking back on it. And Kate, I'd be interested to hear like your experience. But for me, it wasn't like the courses. It wasn't like even most of the professors. Mm-hmm. It was like connections and like and like working yeah. with other students and I think I needed that structure of like here's an assignment mm-hmm. here's a due date and like make it happen and yeah. yeah that was kind of like the the value in it for me it wasn't like the courses were that great it was like I just was in a in like an environment like where it was like okay make stuff yeah totally I think a lot of people take that away from it too they're like it's not really even the teachers or the courses. It's just like the connections that you make and then you can work with those people later on. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I didn't even, I mean, back, let's see. So I went to school in 2007 and I graduated in 2010. And I think nowadays it's like a little easier for people to kind of become filmmakers just because like there's so much access to like video and youtube videos on how to use things and there's so many amazing dslrs out there and things that i don't feel like there really was back in the day right so i think and i definitely did want to like learn on film too which i mean you can't really do that without going to film school um or having some sort of access to it so i think um i'm really glad that i got to do that to start out on 16 and 35 but i was um, shooting on like an hvx but there's so (laughs) yeah I mean I went for like my undergrad too yeah um but I there's I don't think my school wasn't structured very well like when I just like sort of like taught or showed my work at an NYU class and I was getting the lowdown on how they do it and they like collaborate and make um they get given allotment or something of like all this film and 15 grand or something like that to make like their thesis film and everyone, some people join up and make like a feature together and all this stuff is just, there was nothing like that at my school. It was kind of just like make what you can with your own money and like, and it wasn't super collaborative. So I, I didn't even really make that much. Well, So what happened when you got out? I guess like, what's like, what was like the next step once you got out of film school? Um, so I got out of film school and I was living in San Francisco still and I was camera assisting for another two years up in the Bay Area. But during that time, I was that's when I had like a DSLR and I was making some fashion films and doing a lot of photography, more so to practice and learn light. I really didn't have 
a strong lighting program at my school. So that was, uh, I never used strobes or anything. I would just light it kind of like I would light like a, a scene or something. Hmm. So, um, that, and then like, I was there for two years and then I moved to LA and I had a, I had a little portfolio because then I, while I was still in the Bay area, I got hired to do that Levi's job. So that helps. And I was doing these small commercials and then I moved to LA and I just didn't want a camera assist at all. So I just kind of introduced people, uh, introduced myself as a DP, stopped camera assisting. And if, and if anyone asked me to do it, I would just say like, I oh, know I'm just, I'm, I'm only a DP now. So, <laughs> um, so we're kind of slowed down for a while, but I was, shooting some small projects still shooting some narratives for friends and things like that and then just continuing to really slowly build a portfolio and then I moved to New York like a year and a half ago and everything kind of fell into place did you have the um like when you're I guess when you started doing film and stuff was like features always the goal for you yeah I always thought like I would why is that and like do you is it kind of frustrating that you're not doing them yet no, actually, it's not. Like, I thought if I, I, I kind of just before a couple of years ago wanted to get a feature like as soon as possible. I was like, the yeah. younger I get a feature, like, the more I'm killing it, the more successful I am, like, whatever. And now I've been like, last year was a lot of commercials and some music videos and some short films. And I'm like really happy with where I am right now. And I've been reading some feature scripts and stuff and I just don't want to do one until I really connect with it. And there's one that I'm talking with right now that I'm super into, but I mean, yeah, other than that, like I don't, I'm not rushing into it anymore. It's just all about like how much I connect with it and how I think how good it can be. And like, you know, I'd want to be proud of it. I'd want to, tell yeah. everyone about it and show people well, it. well what was the change between like I guess your younger version of you mindset and then now like what actually happened um I think it was just the change in last year like being really happy with the the change in um going through a really like like music videos commercials and short films and not getting like stuck in one thing because I think if, if I got stuck, say, like doing only commercials, I'd get really frustrated and want to want to go back into doing more narrative, more or something. But I had like a really good mix of everything. And, I, you know, traveled a lot and got to work with new directors and things like that. So I was really happy about that. And then I think the more I'm working, the more I enjoy just doing quality projects and not shooting as much as possible so like even doing less projects sometimes okay i have a couple quick uh questions for you yeah what do you hate most on set (laughs) biggest pet peeve um i would say sound guys that talk too much (laughs) (laughs) dude can i tell a quick story real quick on exactly on that point or sound guys with ponytails oh my god (laughs) Okay, so this wasn't too long ago. I was actually in North Carolina, Jared, but I wasn't with you. I was just, I was doing something else. Okay. And um, for some things, especially documentary stuff, I I try to not shoot the interviews. I try to just capture audio as much as I can. Um, So we're doing, I have the audio guy there, and he's got like a a lav and a boom set up, really simple. 
and we're like halfway through the interview and it starts getting really emotional and he starts um he's like talking about his kids and stuff it's really it's like really rich stuff and um so he's going into it and he starts like tearing up and like starting to like about to like go and just like you know what i mean like the perfect moment just like let's just milk this right here and then i ask him a simple question to kind of like just tweak where he's talking and he just jumps right into the sentence and the audio guy i swear to you not i mean i it, it was like the most infuriating thing i've ever experienced on set <laughs> he stopped him and said hey um he's going to need you to like um rephrase the question so if you could just start that over and rephrase the question, that way we have that. Oh my god! The and sound just, guy said that. Yeah, the sound guy. He was sitting next to me, and I was. Oh my god! No, I Do I know this guy? I wouldn't. Even, I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, he um, he stopped me, and I and he it like immediately brought the guy out of oh it. Oh my god! Like stopped crying, like wiped his. He was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> good point. Good point. And I just looked at him. Oh boy. I just like gave him my like I t- I took the memory of my dad when my dad was mad at me. Yeah. And just looked at him with all the rage inside my brain. Yeah, you don't have those parenting skills yet. No, you don't have yet. like that dad you don't have that dad stare. Yeah. But then I just turned to the the guy that we were um interviewing and I was like, "Hey, don't worry about that. Just do what you're doing." Oh, man. And uh, and I was like, I was I was it was literally I think the the most mad I've been on set ever. But yeah, continue, Jared. Sorry. Um. Well, I what was I? What were we doing? Oh, you you hate sound guys with ponytails. That's that's yeah, where we stop. Pretty pretty much. Um. Oh man, I had like a I'm little... just like I'm thinking of one guy in my head that I just. <laughs> Do you hate sound guys in general? I think it's just this one guy like was so. Like taking photos with all the actresses, <laughs> had this long ponytail, and then he was handing out his business cards, and it was like sound guy, sound engineer on the front, and like the back was like his metal band, uh, and it had like him with a picture of like awesome. him and an electric awesome. guitar. It was kind of sick. But do you have any more of those sitting around? Do you have one that? Um, I I'll, I'll sell it to you. Cards. It's one of my most prized possessions. Okay. Even even if you don't know what his the name of his band was, could you just make one up? <laughs> What was the name um, of his band? It'd be like Mother Liquor or something. Mother Liquor. Yes. <laughs> Don't Google that. Mother Liquor. What advice would you give to Christian, who is now newly freelance? <laughs> I like that I didn't have to ask that question, Jared. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm looking out for you. Christian, you're a director, right? Yes. Um, I would reach out to your favorite DPs and just What do you think this is, Kate? What do you think we're doing right (laughs) now? Well, you got to get started. Um, Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. I would, I mean, what? Well, hey, let me give you my experience so far and maybe you can kind of just vamp on that. So I'm, I literally just turned 25 two days ago, and Congrats. the last time that I was any sort of freelance was when I was like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. So I've had, you know, working creative jobs ever since then, but in a, not corporate setting, but just in a business setting. 
mm-hmm. whether it's just like building a film team or doing whatever. This is going to sound a little bit, um, I don't know if it's cliche, but I'm feeling like very, very, um, like I should be trying more. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like trying for things that I'm not doing right now. Yeah. Um, but I, and it's, and it's weird because I don't know what I should be doing right now. Yeah. Other than like. It's um, so much harder as a director, I think, because you have to be the one to have the idea and then get everything right. together. If you, ha- if you can team up with a producer friend of yours, that would be huge too, I think. Why is that? What do you mean? Um, like what, what's the split up there? Well, there's just so much like dirty work and stuff. And if you have a producer okay. that has connections with like crew or locations or anything like that, there's so much that like you shouldn't even be dealing with that they should do, you know. Um, but you've got to have ideas. I mean, I'm sure you've, I'm sure right. you write a lot, but I know people that like don't even have ideas that want to be directors. Right. Um, but it's hard, man. Like even I know someone that. I just constantly hear about directors that are even signed with um, agencies and stuff and just pitch, pitch, pitch all the time right. and like get turned down. But What is the – and I know it might be a little hard to answer being like on the inside because you are repped right now, yeah. right? Um, who are you repped by? I'm repped by Pardos and I just, um, I just joined my management in the UK and Europe. What is like – do you remember having a perception of like being – quote unquote being repped before you were and like what did it actually um come the way that you thought it would uh like did it come to me the way I thought it would or does it just the way it is I get yeah I guess like what was what was your perception of actually being repped before you were um or did you even oh, know I that knew. it was a thing you know yeah I, mean? I definitely that, knew it was a thing um I think the more people you talk to and being repped already and you hear from people like you know the name of that agency that you think is the absolute best but then you hear from other dps like who have hopped around like you know ultimately sometimes it doesn't matter who your agency is it's still the dps that sell themselves that hold all the ground for example thinking that it's like amazing to be on I don't even want to name names, but like an agency that has like the best roster. But then you hear from people that like, because their roster is so big and so great, you kind of get, can get lost in it or something. Or, um, or like you hear from people that their agents still don't necessarily get them work, that it's a lot of the work that they get is still from their, their own name that they've made for themselves. And agents are great. You know, it's, I feel like for for me, it's helped me to get work just even by saying I have an agent because I'm sure there's a lot of commercials that I've been hired for that wouldn't really hire someone that's not with an agency kind of thing. Um, but I think a lot of it is still the, the DPs themselves putting in a lot of their own work. I mean, agents are great for a lot of things. And they do put your name out there. but Try and like just... Describe to me like the balance that you're trying to find or maybe to some degree have found it of like commercial work to like what you're eventually wanting to do in the future. You know what I mean? I guess like separating it from um, what you need to live and then like, do you know what I mean? I did work a lot last year. So I worked 
a couple jobs that could have could have been like fine for like the rest of the year. So I think without those, of course, if you don't feel like you have like the money to sustain your lifestyle, everything goes completely different. You know, like if you don't feel comfortable financially, then yeah, then you could just start taking on any job that comes to you. Like you just need to, but yeah. Well, here's a, here's a kind of scenario that I get a lot and it's, it's from younger filmmakers who maybe have like two, three years under their belt or something, you know? And they're, the problem is that they're looking at people like Khalid, like you, like other like uh, DPs, directors that are like doing great commercial stuff. And like they're trying to figure out how to put that into their own life at like the stage that they're at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like how do you start that progression? Like from just the bottom of the hill, you know what I mean? Like being like uh, – starting out like doing the passion work or doing that stuff making that stuff a priority when you actually just actually need to pay bills at the same time because they're not doing Levi's commercials and they're not doing you know what I mean like they're they're not doing Audi commercials right now so they're just trying to do like a uh, local mom and pop stuff but like but they want to be there they want to be what doing what you're doing or doing uh bigger brands or whatever so like where does someone start the way I started, like just doing, you just start out taking every opportunity that's handed to you basically. And, you know, you feel okay about that because you're at a point where not everyone's like watching what you do and watching what you're putting out. You're kind of more under the radar. So like you just start out a trying to make money and b trying to get better at your job because the only way I learned how to be good was by actually shooting or like that's, the only way you can learn to get better at being a DP. So I would take everything and then slowly you get big, better and better projects and you just start filtering and taking those things off of your website that are not up to par. And, you know, some people, it's not like that though. Some people will s score like a big music video or do something that blows up, you know? Right. And then it's just a completely different thing. But for me, it was just like a much slower process. So it was, I was making, you know, shooting commercials in San Francisco for like tech companies and things like that. And then, right, right. Um, and then music video or short film. And I was just always very up to date with my website, very up to date with my reels, uh, putting my work out on social media, stuff like that. And do you still feel like you're not far, like far enough along for like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why do you feel, still feel that way? Because um, I still feel like even things that I shot like a year ago or something, or like I could, I feel like I've improved even now. So like, I feel like I can constantly be improving. And, you know, there's still so many like directors and companies out there that I haven't worked with that I want to work with. Um, people that I look up to that I see other DPs that I look up to have worked with. So it's kind of like this like list of people that I feel like, you know, everyone kind of has that list yeah. of people they want to collaborate with that they feel like they could check off of a box or something. I feel like they work with them. It's like an achievement or something, but yeah, I still feel like I have so far to go. Yeah. Well, going off of that, like, what do you, what do you find yourself? I guess maybe contrasting it w with what you, 
maybe were looking for earlier in your career, but like now, what do you find yourself looking for in like the actual filmmaking experience? Um, I think when, what I'm searching for is like, and what I've experienced like with that shoot is, I think that's kind of why I like commercials sometimes too, is because you carry a responsibility with like having the client and so much goes into a commercial beforehand before they even like choose the DP. It's got to go through like the agency, the client, the director and all that stuff. So when you get chosen, you're like, okay, cool. Like they trust me with this. And then you're on set and you're lighting it and shooting it the way that you see it. And like, everyone is like putting their trust in you and thinks that it looks great and blah, blah, blah. And having that sense of like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And like, people trust me is like, is a really good feeling. Yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? (laughs) Oh, you like it? (laughs) I just didn't want to break the flow. You guys really had a good thing going. So very interesting to sit back and hear all of it. Um, Christian, is that enough freelance advice for you? I feel pretty good. I feel like I start the ball. I start the ball rolling, and I feel like you guys. It was great. I but I think conversation. it's 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 one of those things where like you know the answer already in your head, but it's yeah. always good to hear somebody else say it and be like, "Yeah, you're right. Don't don't do that shit." You know, or like, "Yeah, you're right. Just keep doing what you're doing." Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. I think that's just as important because you just you get locked in your own head. Yeah. Especially when you're freelance and you're not like working with people like literally 24 seven, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm trying to, I'm just locked in my own head, you know, but yeah. it's good to, uh, to hear that stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. I understand. It's, it's so much harder to be, I mean, you know, it's hard to be a DP starting out too, because people need to come to you for a project. You can't really just make your own project, but at the same time, do you think that that's, um, cause I feel like as a director, it's super um, kind of like alienating because yeah. it's like I have to like come up with the thing and then I have to like recruit the people. Yeah. And so it's like nobody nobody's like, hey, Jared, come work on my set <laughs> ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So I like – it's funny that to hear it from your perspective, to hear like, yeah, I feel like I have to like wait for someone to like call me up. And I'm like, God, I guess I need to, like, it's just, like, a never-ending, like, cycle of, like, pressure to, like, okay, I need to, like, you know, I have, like, all this stack of ideas. Let's, like, get this one going, get this one going. I have mm-hmm. to, like, get money for this or, like, pitch this or, like, yeah, but whatever. Like, even just getting money for something is so But it's, like, it's, so it's in some ways it's not about the money, but it's because I think what I'm hearing from you and, like, the way that you approach freelance is, like, you don't seem very like greedy about it. You're kind of like, I want to do the, I want to work with the people I want to work with. I want to do the projects that agree with me. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that inevitably is not going to give you the most money. Yeah, it's not. Um, so like, why? How? <sighs> but the, doing those projects that pay you well allow you to do all the other things you are more interested in. That's why getting into commercials is smart. Dude, I have a question. Could you describe what you're into? Because um, from my perception of your st- of what I think you're into is probably something different. Really? What's your perception? Good, good question. I, I want to hear this too. <laughs> <laughs> my perception of your work 
you're just super weird. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, do you like no, that, Kate? Is that like a yeah, compliment? Yeah. It is. I think, but um, it's the type of thing, it's, I, I, I didn't, obviously I don't know your, I don't know your past. I don't know who you are. Um, but you feel like the type, like a true, like it feels like you've always been the way that you are. It doesn't yeah. feel like something has, um, it's not something um, super recent mm-hmm. where you're like, oh man, like I really like this weird shit right now. It's you should like, see the films it, that I made in film school. They're so weird. Are they on yeah. Vimeo? Uh, yeah. I think they might be on private, but like, I maybe they're see, not. I need to actually. see one of those, probably. Yeah, I did, like, no one, like, hired me in film school, so I pretty much shot all. Like, like your peers didn't? Did you do everything, like, by like, yourself? Well, I had to do, like, five thesis films, so, like, four of them I directed and wrote. No way. And... Yeah, and like that's actually like is... super similar to how I was in film school. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was a little bit like, I'm not talking to any, anybody. I'm just gonna like do my stuff, and it's gonna be awesome. And you guys yeah. are gonna be like, man, that's awesome. And then I'm gonna peace out. And I'm gonna go get a job. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of was just like, I've always, I've always been like, I always like challenging authority, and I, I like specifically wanted to go into my graduation like meeting where I'd present my films as kind of like a fuck you to them because I felt the same way yeah I did like I did one on super eight which you weren't supposed to do it was about like a hooker in San Francisco I did uh one that was like cannibalism and had like a sex scene in the snow uh, frontal (laughs) so we didn't do the exact same thing but it was close yeah just like I just (laughs) wanted them to be like shocked or something yeah that's amazing Kate Kate, do you get like, why do you get gratification out of that? I don't know. Like, like, fuck the man, whatever. Like, why do you, why do you, I don't know. I just, I felt like a lot of people didn't, didn't do stuff like that. They all made like yeah. really generic, like. Do you know what I just thought of? of like, this is kind of going backwards a little bit, but I just want to mention it. Even if it doesn't even make it, I don't care. But do you know what, Kate? <laughs> you know what, Kate? Um, I think. And this is just my analyzing it. But I feel like, at least from a director's point of view, when I see a DP or another director like being way braver than I am, it's like super attractive to like want and try want to try to go work with those people. Do you know what I mean? Like someone that is um braver, like more brave to do something that I'm I am Maybe it's a subject matter, or maybe it's like a way of lighting something. You know, like yeah. Um, is that something that you're doing intentionally? Um, am I being brave? I don't know. I mean, I like to push boundaries. Definitely, I I always want to find more. Like, I feel like I started out with experimenting and using light, and not learning light in the most natural way that like you'd learn at like AFI or something where you learn all the classical techniques. And then I was like, okay, well now I have to learn how to actually light and make it look natural and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, now I just want to fuck with it more and make it, you know, more refracted light or like, you can't really tell where it's coming from or it's broken up or like, I love stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know. It doesn't sound intentional. <laughs> yeah. I think I you're just think being so. who you are. Yeah. And that just happens to be super brave who uh, 
likes to do full frontal. You know what I mean? I feel like I shouldn't have mentioned that. You still just suck up. You're, you're, <laughs> Kate, you're just so brave. Kate, you're, you're so brave. So, you're <laughs> like you're she survived so cancer. Sweet. You're so hey. brave and sweet. <laughs> hey, I will, I will be honest. You sound different than what I thought you were going to sound like. Really? Yeah. What did you think I was going to sound like? I don't know. Less of, it, I sound like a valley girl slash like surfer dude. You do. <laughs> it's the Northern California yeah. thing. Yeah. I thought, is. well, I didn't know that you were. Do I sound like I'm from North Carolina? Uh, no. You sound kind of normal. I didn't, I I thought that you were from New York. I didn't know that you were from California. So I thought you were going to be maybe a little bit harsher. I don't know. Is that the word? <laughs> yeah. Um, Whatever. Christian, how are you feeling right now? Are you feeling encouraged? <laughs> you okay, man? No, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Kate, let's finish this up. We'll let you go. Kate, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks for all of your wisdom. Thank you for taking the time to nurture um, Christian as he enters a freelance world. <laughs> uh, thanks for the time for me to take just a small nap while you guys are doing that. <laughs> And um, <laughs> we look forward to a lot more great work. When is your uh, when's the piece with Solomon um, going to come out? Do we? Know? I think it's around the first week of March. I'm really excited. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're excited to see it too. Any parting words, Christian? Um, I would just like to know how she thought this interview went. I loved it. I feel like I'm just hanging out with some buds. So that's great. <laughs> Would you? So would we. You say, the only thing no we need pressure. you to say is that it. Yeah. Yeah. Just say that it was good. It was fantastic. No, you got to say good. No, it was great. <laughs> the name of our show is good. We're trying oh, to push you. Oh shit! Word, <laughs> so let's try it again. Okay. Um. How was this interview? It was good. Perfect. <laughs> That's all we need. Okay, you're amazing. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You can check out more of Kate's work on Vimeo or by going to kateerismendi.com. This episode was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to refer to him, Christian number two. Our show is edited by Olivia Londa. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs. You can check out more of his stuff on CubbySounds.com. Our show is produced by Will Meyer, and our good podcast logo was designed by Eric Hurchin. Also, you can find all of our show notes and other fun stuff at GoodThePodcast.com.